0: Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We are in our I'm just thinking through some things guys. It's been an interesting Sunday. I want to start with prayer. And I want you guys to stand up with me today. Sorry. I just I just felt like I needed to do this. Can you just just go with me today? Um, can you put your hand over your heart, Lord Jesus? I just pray right now for each and every one of us that today God we would receive your word it won 't just go in one ear and go out the other, but God that it would not it would actually do more, it would actually penetrate our heart, and so God, we put our hands on our heart as a representation of 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 your hand on our heart and on our lives. And we just ask that your spirit, Lord God, would flow through us today. Reveal your word to us in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We are in a second week of the Series called Disciple, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's message, man, I really encourage you to go onto our website and just listen to that message because I think it will really lay some just foundation, some background, so you understand what it is to be a disciple and what the sacrifices is, what's the commitment to be a disciple, and as we start walking through following Jesus, there's something miraculous that's going to take place in our lives. You see, if you call yourself a Christian then you really should be his disciple. It's really impossible to say, I'm a Christian... And not be a disciple. Because a disciple is a learner or a follower of a teacher. And our teacher, his name is Jesus. He's our Savior. He is the Almighty God. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. So when we say, I'm a Christian, we need to understand, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I am following after Jesus. It's a standard, or it's an example by which you can measure your life. Jesus is our standard. Jesus is our example. The Apostle Paul writes these words to the church in Corinth. He says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Or you should follow me as I follow Jesus. I remember when I was growing up, I loved basketball. I... I slept with my basketball in bed. You know what I'm saying? That's what I I loved basketball. Mom tried to get me to play the piano, put me through five years of piano. I can't still play this dumb thing. Brett, the gifting went on to Brett. I can't do it. I tried my best. All I could think about was playing basketball. And I'm not multi-talented like my son. I'm one area, man. I focus on that one area. I get that down, and maybe God will give me a second area down the road. You know what I'm saying? Some of you out there are like me. And, and basketball was my thing, but I used to imitate basketball players. When I was younger, I was like five foot two, five foot three. My brother was six foot one, and he says he's six foot two. I think he's five foot 10, five foot nine now, but no, he, I'm just easing. But he was a monster to me when I was little. And we used to go in the backyard and play basketball and he'd block every shot I'd have. And so I started imitating the great Alcindor, Al- Lou-, Lou Alcindor, you know who I'm talking about? Kareem. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I started imitating him. The big sky hook. That's the only way I could make a basketball shot. I'd start shooting that because I could, it could lob over and go into the basket. See, the word of God is there so that we can start imitating Jesus in our life. That we can start following Christ in our life. He's given us his word so we can start changing our lives. That's what Paul is telling to the church in Corinth. Imitate me because I am imitating Christ. I'm following Christ. You see, he tells the believers to follow him. And it's important that we understand in that day, they didn't have the New Testament yet. They were the New Testament. The New Testament was being written, and so Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Today we have the written word of God to follow. It's not that we shouldn't be inspired by great spiritual leaders, but never, and I want you to catch this, never at the expense of following Jesus. We should model our lives after the life of Jesus. One of the ways that we can accomplish this is by knowing and studying God's word. This morning, I came into church. I went down. I wanted to thank Pastor Melissa for watching little Vinny. Annette's sick. He could be praying for Annette today. She's not feeling well. And and, uh, so she usually watches Vinny early in the morning. Pastor Melissa was was doing that. And so I walked into the kids' room. and, And as soon as I walked in, man, this little young man knocks. He just stops me in my track, Randall. He just stops me right there. I know a scripture. Do you want to hear it? I said, I sure do. And man, he rolls off. He just, I think it was Isaiah 9, 6. He just just shoots it off with me. I'm going like, I'm starting to feel guilty. This kid knows God's word. <laughs> do you want to hear another one? And then he says the next one. He, I mean, yeah, maybe it has something to do with shark bucks. I don't know. And you know what? If it requires shark bucks, man, we'll start giving shark bucks to the adults if they want to start memorizing God's word, okay? Whatever it takes. To hide God's word in your heart. But Knox was excited about God's word. See, today's message, I want us to be excited about God's word. I want it to come alive to us. One of the ways we accomplish this is by knowing and studying God's word. It's learning to apply God's word to our lives. It's a spiritual discipline that we should continue to develop in our life each and every day. The Apostle Paul writes these words in Colossians 3.16. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Say, dwell in you. dwell in you. Richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. I underlined those three words if that scripture is still up there. Dwell in you. It means Dwell. In the Greek, it means dwell. I dwell in. I am settled. But when you kind of dive into that word a little bit more, you start to understand what it really has that idea of meaning is being at home at. It's like being at home. Think about when you're home. Hopefully, your home is a place of peace and comfort. It's a place where you can feel relaxed. You can feel safe. It's a place where you can put your pajamas on. I have sweats. I love my sweats, and I have this shirt. It's a yellow long sleeve shirt. If Annette's watching right now, she's laughing right now as she's watching this. If she's awake, I don't know. I have this favorite yellow shirt. It's kind of not even yellow anymore. It's so faded, and there's holes that's through it. But for whatever reason, when I put that shirt on, I just feel at home. I feel relaxed. I feel comfortable. That's how God's word should be in your life. God's word should be a place where you feel relaxed, you feel comfortable, you feel at peace. When God's word starts to hit your heart and hit your life, all of a sudden it comes on a, a great fragrance in your life. And you start feeling God's word and it starts to lift you up. It starts to encourage you. It's like being at home. Amen. Being at home with God's word. That's what Paul is saying in this scripture. God's word should bring comfort and peace in your heart. It it should be so comfortable with you that you can freely share it with others. You should be so comfortable with God's word that it just naturally you can share it. You know what? Wait. You know what God's word says? Can I pray with you? Even if you don't have every word specifically memorized, you know what? God says in his word something like this and it's really good. I, I want you to look it up, and I want to encourage you. Come on. Yeah. See, God's word is a great gift, and we should be thankful for his wonderful gift. We should allow the teachings in God's word to be a compass that guides our life. David writes, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Today, we're going to look at how the Bible impacts our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ, how it's imperative that we remain faithful to God's word. And I want to begin by finding out what does Jesus say about his word? And remember last week I shared with you about how Jesus responded to Thomas when when Thomas was there and he declared that, Uh, Jesus was saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to meet my heavenly Father. And then all of a sudden Thomas says, I don't know where you're going. I don't know how to go there. And then Jesus answers, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Remember when I was sharing that story in John chapter 14? Jesus goes on to say, if you know me, you know my Father. If you know me, you know my Father. If you know me, you know my Father. And then Philip, all of a sudden, throws out this wild statement. He says, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus held it together. I'm really surprised. (laughs) But it disappointed Jesus, and he responds to Philip. He says, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. What did Jesus mean by his response to Philip? Jesus is basically sharing, I've been sent on a mission by my heavenly Father. The teaching I share with you comes directly from God, our Heavenly Father. Jesus is saying, what I'm teaching is of divine origin. It's inspired. Remember this statement is coming, and I want you to understand this. Jesus is referred to as two titles in Scripture. It's the Son of God and the Son of Man. This statement is coming from that perspective of the Son of Man. And what I mean by that is that not only is Jesus fully God, but he's also fully human. So when he took on, when Jesus came to this earth, he took on the restrictions of humanity. And so as Jesus walked this earth, he relied on the Spirit of God working in and through his life. I share this because Jesus is declaring his words are 100% divine in nature. They come directly from God. You can't separate the heavenly Father and Jesus. They're one and the same. You can't separate the two of those. Something else that Jesus shares about his word is found in John chapter 6. And he says, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing, and the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. What is Jesus saying in this statement? What is Jesus wanting us to understand? His words are more than just words on a page. They are divine, and they are life-changing. But if you try to understand the words of Jesus, when you try to understand God's word through our human perspective, guess what? We are going to fail. Without the Spirit of God in you, you will not succeed. It's the Spirit of God alone who gives you the understanding and who gives you eternal life. It's God's Spirit. It's not words on a page, people. It's not words on a page. It's all of a sudden when you're reading God's word and you pray and you say, God, Lord, give me your spirit and help me to understand and fill me with the power of your presence. And all of a sudden there's something that takes place. It's the rhema. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a word of God that comes alive into your heart and into your mind. Many people can read God's word and walk away unchanged. I'll say it again. Many people can read God's word and walk away unchanged. Why? because they're just reading from a human perspective. When we allow the spirit of God who dwells within you if you're a follower of Christ to enlighten us, then it accomplishes what God desires for our life. The apostle Paul states it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses or chapter 2 verses 10 through 12. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's Deep, say deep, God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Did you catch that? No one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Not the world spirit. If you're reading from a humanistic perspective, God's word is never going to come alive to you. So we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Why does Paul say we can know the wonderful? Because the spirit of God resides in him. Yes, and as he's reading his word, it comes alive and it's revealed. His truth is revealed in their lives. I've shared many times when we read God's word, we should pray for God's spirit to reveal the truth that he desires for us to, to see. And this is what Jesus is saying. This is what the apostle Paul is saying. The understanding of God's word comes through his spirit. Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 14 verse 26, "When the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. The advocate is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and I will and will remind you of everything I have told you." It's why we can believe that the the word of God is inspired. Because it came from God himself. Even the apostles' writings, guess what? They were inspired by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is representing the teachings of Jesus. And guess what? The Holy Spirit will help you. He will reveal truths that you otherwise might not know or might not see. If you've ever hired a personal coach or maybe a tutor... Or maybe a trainer, whatever it might be. If you've ever hired someone, a mentor, what happens is that person from an outside perspective can look at your life and look at the things that you do, and they can see your weaknesses and they can see your strengths. And all of a sudden, they start pouring into you different things, different tools, different instruments that you can use to shore up your, your weaknesses and also, guess what, to strengthen your strengths. That's what a personal coach will do. They will help you and they'll build you up and they will lift you up and they'll do better by you. The Holy Spirit helps us by revealing the truths that are found in God's word. Guess what? To change our life for all of eternity. Man. To make us to become more and more and more and more like Jesus. This scripture should also remind us of a very important truth. The entire Bible is a story that represents Jesus. The entire Bible is a story that represents Jesus. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament, as you read the Old Testament, man, it's heavy. It's difficult reading sometimes. But something that we always need to remember, that the entire Bible is about Jesus. So the, the Old Testament is constantly pointing to Jesus. It's pointing to our need to have a Savior. With that understanding, this truth about God's Word, I want to shift to a practical, or I'm getting ahead of myself. Because I left out a really important scripture. So the entire Old Testament is pointing to scripture, to to, to Jesus. The New Testament, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're, they're the accounts of who Jesus is. His, his walking, his miracles, his healings, all these teachings. The book of Acts is the, is the history of the church, of the New Testament church, how it's birth, how it's going to move forward. And then all of a sudden you have all the epistles, and these are the writings of of the Apostle Paul and of Peter. Uh, Guess what? Going out to the churches. And so when you read God's word, you start to understand. But I want you to catch something here that we need to understand, that it's all about Jesus. In John chapter 5, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he says these words. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that they can give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. Yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. You see, if you think the Bible is going to give you eternal life, you are dead wrong. It's what the Bible says about Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, Scripture points to Jesus. And all of a sudden, it reveals who Jesus is into our life. Come on, can I get an amen out there? You guys said you were going to help me preach today. With understanding this truth, I want to switch to a practical question. How does God's word help us? And the following list I'm going to share with you today is by no means exhaustive. But I believe it will help us to see the importance of embracing God's word in our life. The word of God reveals God's plan of salvation. That's the first and most important thing. It reveals God's plan of salvation. First and foremost. Peter writes, for you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God, Jesus. Second, the word of God builds our faith. Romans 10, 17 says, Paul writes, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the word of Christ. As you spend time in God's word, you begin to discover that God's truth is not trying to harm you. Some of you need to hear this. God's truth is not trying to harm you. God's truth is helping you. As you begin to see who God really is, guess what? Your faith begins to grow because you start to recognize that God's not against you. He's for you. His goodness is for you. His truth is for you. His love is for you. Even when things go not according to our plans, guess what? We can have the faith to believe that God has his best interest in mind for us. The word of God guides us. Psalms 119, 105, I shared this earlier. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. God reveals his truth through his word into your life. You need that truth. It helps us to know the difference between right and wrong. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. God's word is like a compass into our life. It helps us navigate because this world is full of difficulties and struggles. It's full of sin. It's full of temptations. And we need God's word resting in our lives. When we spend time in God's word, it not only guides us, but it helps us to have the strength to overcome the temptations of this world. David writes, I have hidden your word in my heart. So I might not sin thee. Say it louder. So I might not sin against thee. So I might not sin against thee. I have hidden your word in my heart. I have hidden your truth in my heart. I have, hidden you, I have made your truth home in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. Fourth, the word of God gives us authority against the devil. At times in life, the enemy will try to attack you. He'll try to bring you down. It happened to me yesterday on the golf game out there at San Juan Hills. The enemy was trying to attack me. and said, Get behind thee, me, Satan. No, I'm just teasing But physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know what I'm talking about at times. Man, you need to have the Word of God in your heart and in your life because it gives you authority. Paul writes in Ephesians, thank you, chapter 6, that we are to put on the full armor of God. We are to put on the, the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the full armor of God to protect us. And one of the things that it says that we're supposed to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of truth. We battle against the enemy by using God's word. Quoting God's word over your life, woo, it is. So, sometimes I don't know how to pray, so I just pray God's word. So good. We need God's word in our life. It changes us. Jesus used God's word. When he was out in the wilderness for those 40 days being tempted by Satan, what did he do? He used God's word against Satan. And if you go back and read that passage of scripture, you'll notice that every time that Jesus spoke God's word, the temptation stopped. Get a clue. Our faith in God's word has the power to overcome the temptations and the attacks of the devil. The word of God also helps us to become effective in our prayer life. Jesus states in John chapter 15, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. Let me read that scripture one more time. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. How can Jesus make such a bold promise? Well, first of all, he's God. But you got to understand, because so many people take this scripture out of context. you got to understand what this scripture is saying. If you remain in me, and I remain in you. If you remain in me, and I remain in you. If you remain in me and I remain in you, ask whatever you want because you're going to be asking according to my will and it's going to be granted to you. You see, if we have God in us, we're not going to ask something that's not according to God's will. Then it will be granted. Six, the word of God develops us in wisdom. As I shared earlier from Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. It comes from his word, from the power of his spirit. The more we remain in God's word, the greater our wisdom will become. Our culture tends to listen to the loudest voice. I'm going to say that again. Our Our culture tends to listen to the loudest voice. Not to the majority, just the loudest. I share that because I think sometimes we live in a culture, we live in a society, we start putting that on, that we just want to listen to someone else's voice to lead us. Oh, that sounds good, and I'm just going to follow that way. Oh, I like that better. I'm going to go this way. Oh, man, you said I can do what and have what? I'm going to go this way. Man, that's I'm kind of entitled, and you're going to give me, oh, I'm going to follow you this way. We just go to the loudest voice. That's not what we're supposed to do as followers of Christ, as disciples of Jesus. We are to listen to God's word. We are to listen to the words of Jesus. And it doesn't matter what the loudest voice is. What we're supposed to do is listen to that still, small, quiet voice in our life. It says, I am going to follow the word of God. I'm going to follow the ways of Jesus. I don't care if it's difficult because I know God's plan for me is good. I know he has his best interest for me. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus Christ and I'm going to follow him. Don't listen to the loudest voice. Turn your mom off a little more. No, I'm just teasing, guys. Forgive me, Lord. Honor your mother and your father. but too many people become reliant on the voices of others instead of being reliant on Jesus. We need to have the mind of Christ, the helmet of salvation. The word of God, I'm running late, and I'm going to finish this up. Can you hang with me for a few more minutes? I need a louder amen, otherwise we're done right now. Okay, thank you. I'm so glad Latasha's in the front row. The word of God makes us helpful to others. The word of God makes us helpful to others. You see, the same wisdom that God puts into your life is the same wisdom that God's going to use for someone else. The same difficulties, the same struggles, the same things that you've had to go through in life that someone else maybe has not had to go through yet. God is going to use that wisdom that he's implanted in you. And he says, I want to need you to start sharing that word I gave to you because that someone else needs that word for them. And all of a sudden, God starts using you in a greater way than you could ever imagine. It starts to change you. And all of a sudden, you become not so much about self. You start becoming about others. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. The last thought I want to share about how God's word helps us. It brings joy in our life. If you need some more joy in your life, can you raise your hand real high? I'll take all the joy. Especially when I'm golfing, I'll take all the joy I can get. (laughs) Remaining in the word of Christ produces a joy and a gratitude in our life because it encourages us, it challenges us, gives us the vision. See, vision is so important. The Bible says without vision, the people will perish. See, God, the Holy, by, the, by the power of his Holy Spirit, he continues to bring vision by his word. We were not created to be stagnant. We were created to grow. We were created to develop. I don't care how old you are here today. You are not us. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. Maybe we don't grow physically anymore. But man, spiritually, we're becoming mighty men and women of God. We're called to grow. And at times, man, growth can be painful. Give me an amen. But godly growth produces joy and gratitude in our life. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. None of this happens without God's word being hidden into our hearts. And it's your responsibility, say my responsibility, to release God's word into your life and let the word of God dwell in you. God's word should feel like it's home. Ah, I've made it home. It should bring comfort in your life. Here are some practical things, ways that you can remain in God's word. Keep attending church on Sunday. I don't teach from a book. I don't teach from, I teach from God's word. If you keep coming on Sundays, you're going to keep learning God's word. So that's the first easy step. Come to church on Sunday. Join a life group. We have life groups starting this week, Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. Do you have one tonight for the young adults? I want Brett's house. Are you doing it at your house? I don't want them to have any room in their house, okay? I just want it to be so crowded, you know, that they're having to go outside because it's just so full. Because people, see, life groups does something special. We're able to share life. And then we can take God's word and apply it and make it applicable. That's what's so important. Join a life group. Join one of our Bible studies. We have Thursday morning. Dino, are you here? Oh, you're right in the middle, man. Stand up. Dino, please stand up. I'm just going to say it. Dino's going to be in the lobby afterwards. I don't know if you have an appointment cancel it. Anyhow, Dino's going to be in the lobby afterwards. If you're one of the men here, go talk to him about our Bible study. We have 10, 12, 15 guys that join us every Sunday or every Thursday morning at 6.30. I know it's early. Who cares? Get up. Maybe it's too late for you. Sorry. <laughs> 6.30 is the earliest the pastor. Pastor barely makes it at 6.30. But come join a Bible study. Be a part. Study God's Word again. There's like 10, 12, 15. Most of the guys are not from our church. Most of them are from other churches that are coming. to. I want that Bible study mostly from our church. Hey, Amen? 6.30, come be a part of it. We have women's Bible study. My wife is doing one. Call Annette or, or call the office. She'll connect her. Laura Graham does a Bible study. We love it. Laura does a phenomenal Bible study. Annette does a, we want you to be a part of different Bible studies. Some of those Bible studies stop when we're doing life groups, but then they start back up right after. Get involved. The third practical thing be consistent in, God's, in the reading of God's Word. Study the Bible for yourself, go out and buy a study Bible an ESV or a, a New Living or an NIV translation Bible that has a study Bible that gives you the notes and the history and it will help you and just start re- do It doesn't matter how much you read. Don't get in quantity, get into the quality. Read a little bit and let it sink in and let it start changing your life. The effectiveness of God's Word on your life will be dependent upon the discipline that you have to read God's Word and act upon His truth. I'm not referring to salvation, I'm referring to your spiritual maturity. I don't have time to finish the rest of this, we're just gonna, let's be disciples of Jesus. God's word says heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. My words will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not my words. They will go on for all of eternity. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that your word does not return void. It is powerful, it is effective, and it is life-changing. I pray today for each person that's been here. As we started this morning with putting our hands over our heart, I pray, God, that your word sinks deep into our soul, deep into our mind, deep into our heart. That, God, it's just not words on a page, but, God, they become action words, life-changing words words, Lord God, that help us in our marriage to stop saying those hurtful words sometimes we say, and we say, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be more Christ-like. Words when all of a sudden, when you start sharing with your boss, oh, I'm going to give it to my boss this week. No, 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 no. All of a sudden the Spirit of God comes upon you. The Word of God comes upon you. No, 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 no. I'm not going to treat my boss. I'm going to honor. I'm going to show Jesus to him or her. At school, when you're being treated poorly, you're going to remember God's word that if you're persecuted just as the least of them, you guess what? I guess If you're persecuted because of my name, uh, you're going to be blessed. Bring on the blessings of God. Bring on the blessings of God. I pray today, Lord God, that your word leads us and guides us and directs us and changes us, transforms us into your image. Lord God, help us to follow you, I pray, in Jesus' name. If you're here today, every head bowed, eyes closed for just a second, I. I just, as a pastor, if I don't do this, man, I have a horrible week because I just know that if someone is here and they don't know the love of Jesus, they don't know, understand the goodness of God, if they don't understand His truth, and they've never made an acceptance to say, today, I choose to follow Jesus. And I go home and think I've missed an opportunity for someone who's watching online or for someone who's sitting here right now in the audience that I want to make that commitment today. I want you to raise your hand real high because I want you to say a prayer over you. If you were here today, I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else? say this prayer the entire entire congregation say this prayer Lord Jesus I surrender my life to you and I choose to follow you set me free from self give me the power of your spirit forgive me of my sins set me on the path of righteousness help me to do what is right I love you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.